Hello, Hockey World. Here we are. We are back. It's Monday, and, uh, you know, we got lots to get in today. We got rumors flying all over the place. We got all kinds of things that happened on the weekend. Um, it's getting exciting. We have less than a month to go before the trade deadline. Uh, Rush, you got anything for us this morning? Yeah, the NFL trade deadline, and I think a lot of what's No, going no, no, free agent. Free agency, sorry. But the NFL free agency is sort of like their trade deadline, too, because yeah. they don't make trade. And that's where my brain right. went. So right. looking at their free agency so far, it's been – they're, it's been open for over an hour, and they've only had re-signings. And, you know, that's what happens right now with leagues that are going through a pandemic and not a lot of teams have money. Now, I'm wearing my Jets hat because they have all the money, and so far they've lost a player. So it, it really is disheartening when you have a team that says, yeah, we're going to be out there aggressively spending, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and you lost a player that actually had a good year for your team and was signed very cheaply by another team. And his name is Pat Eflin, and he was signed for like three years, $13.5 I think $6 million up front. Like, it doesn't make sense. They're going to need even, – even if they feel like they're going to pick up all these guys and draft picks that will start on the offensive line, you still need backups, real good, capable backups on the offensive line. Mike knows that. He sees how they get hurt. And I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand the strategy. And this, I have a feeling this could be a very – um, frustrating free agency period for the Jets because just because they have money, it doesn't mean players want to go there. Yeah, and it, it's weird. Um, and we've seen this in all professional sports, and especially I think now in the next couple of years, this will be reflected in hockey. Players taking less to stay with a team that they think they can win with. That, that That's yeah. what happened with the, with the bills, with the signings that they have. But I think with the cap, even though it's, it was funny, it was explained about, you know, the money coming in with the new ESPN contract and people were asking, well, when's the, when's, uh, you know, when is the, uh, the cap going to go up? Um, okay. You still, still have to make up that almost a billion dollars yeah. of deficit that the owners have paid out that d didn't come from revenue. So it's going to take a, at least a couple years, maybe, couple three, years. maybe four until it gets over 81.5 and, and players over the next couple of years and act, this is going to have a chilling effect on free agency yeah. when July comes around. Players are saying, "Oh, you know, you know, this guy is gonna give it make seven million dollars a year." Uh, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna give seven million dollars a year. There's gonna be situations where guys like Taylor Hall or other players in free agency may take one year to get the high amount or take less on a long term deal because that's all these teams have. Yeah, I mean, in previous years for NFL free agency, an hour into it, you would have three or four good signings, big names. So far, we have nothing. We do also want to mention um, happy trails to Drew Brees, who retired. Mm -hmm. I had the honor of uh, meeting him twice and interviewing him both times, once at the NFL Experience, once at a uh, NFL Super Bowl event in New York City, and such a good guy. Like, it's just – these are the kinds of guys that you root for, and he had a great career. He won a Super Bowl. He didn't win another one, but that's okay. He'll be a Hall of Famer one day. And this is a guy everybody said was too small. There were teams that gave up on him. What was there? At least two teams that gave on, up on him, Mike? The Chargers and who else? Uh, Chargers. Well, no, he it was Chargers and then Miami. Could, he couldn't pass the physical. That's right. So Miami was the other one. Yeah. yeah. And and lo and behold, he has this great career, plays to the age in, into his 40s. And, you know, now after last year, he had like four assorted injuries. One of them were fractured ribs, and he still came back from that. But yeah. Yeah, he, he just wasn't the same. So I, I wish him well. He's going to be an analyst. I'm sure one of the networks is hiring him any minute, and so it'll be good for him. It's, he's a good, positive guy for that sport. No, really good, positive guy. Yeah, yeah, I've never got a chance to meet him, but I've heard nothing but great things. Yeah, it's really true. He is a, He's one of these guys that if you talk to him for five, ten minutes, he'll motivate you somehow, even though you didn't <laughs> intend on that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's awesome. All right, let's get uh, let's get started here. Here we go. Hello, hockey world. Yes, we never got that hour back. I, someone made fun of me for thinking I missed the hour. I mean, before I start this, I'm going to say this. I didn't. I did change my clocks right. I do, I do know times. I do know. We how had a couple work. days to do it. Yeah, I know. Though you'll never get that hour back. You know, that's always the joke for me around here. Right. Um, all right, here we go. Hello, hockey world. It is Monday, March fifteenth, two thousand and twenty-one. Beware of the Ides of March. I'm Michael Agello. <laughs> I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. 
And I'm Eklund, you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. Or, or, or should I say beware of the trades of March, right? There you go. Right. We're looking for them. We're waiting for them. Um, we're hoping. We're hoping. Um, and I got some players we can discuss right off the bat here. Um, or we can get into some of the some of the games from the weekend that we need to talk about. We can talk uh, about the Flyers. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll start with the games. So let's start with the games. Go ahead, Mike. Well, okay, I'll start with uh, the the two rather mediocre and flawed performances by the Toronto Maple Leafs against Winnipeg and against Ottawa. The one against Ottawa is not as distressing as you would think because, you know, I mean, people on, on my Twitter line, well, you know, Ottawa's losing 7-1 to Edmonton. Well, yeah, they are losing 7-1 to Edmonton, but as we firmly established, uh, I think, I think they have eight wins. Six of them are against Montreal and Toronto. They play yeah. Montreal and Toronto a lot tougher than they play the teams out West. They work themselves up into a lather because that's their provincial rival and Montreal is yeah. their you know rival in, in, in the Atlantic division. So what you see with Ottawa against Toronto is not the same as you see against the Oilers or the Canucks. Now I have to uh, tip my hat to uh, Joey Decor who uh, came in, and what a weird situation! Matt Murray gets hurt in warmups. Yeah. Um, Decor comes in, he makes 33 saves for his first NHL victory. You know, Russ, you've talked about him when he got signed uh, as a college free agent, and you yeah. know, we'll talk about that for a second. Yeah, I, I mentioned him because he he yeah. was really good. I had a chance to see him. Everybody was talking about him one season, and I was like, well, I can't go see Arizona State. But then they came here to Lehigh for the East Regionals or whatever. whatever. I shouldn't even say East Regionals because it's on the East, but it's, they always call it something else. So whatever the regional was, I went there. And he was really good. Like Arizona had a few good players, Johnny Walker, a few guys, but he was really the show. And he's terrific. And his father's a goalie coach in the NHL. And I'll tell you, he, he is um, – one of these guys that has really put the time into his craft. The interview after the game was tremendous because, you know, the fact that he beat Toronto and he goes, yeah, you don't draw it up this way. And he was practically crying just shows you sometimes the level of commitment that players put in just yeah. to reach the NHL and as a goalie, just to get a win because there's not that many goalie jobs. So, it was really nice. And well, there may, there may be a few goalie jobs in Toronto, the way things uh, are. But, but, okay. We're going to talk about it. Well, okay. First of all, mm -hmm. uh, if you look at his statistics, and this is why statistics are misleading. Uh, Every Michael, time? Wait, statistics are always misleading? I says why they're sometimes misleading. Oh, you said sometimes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't hear the word sometimes. Uh, okay. uh, currently... Michael Hutchinson, I think his record was three two and one with the goals in the goals against in the mid twos and a nine twenty two save percentage. You'd think that he's playing well. Well, he played not so well against Vancouver last weekend, and then he gave up two goals yeah. on three shots against Ottawa yesterday, forcing Freddie Anderson to come in uh, in his in a fourth game in six days. Now, luckily, the Leafs have four days off this week. They don't play until Friday. But this is, the you know, this is, again, the same old, same old when it comes to uh, them playing Anderson too much. It's been forced on him because Jack Campbell is hurt. And now, yeah. you know, if, if Campbell is hurt long term, they can't rely on Hutchinson as a backup. They need somebody who can play uh, minutes. Now, they are saying that Campbell is very close to being back, but Campbell has got to play more than a normal backup does. He's got to yeah. play a 1B role because he's played. He's won all three games he's played, but he hasn't played in seven weeks. So they, yeah. they need Campbell back. The other thing is um, maybe you can scratch this up to – the Leafs being weary because they've had a ridiculous schedule in terms of it. Everybody's got a ridiculous schedule. So I, I, I can't use that as a, as an excuse. And people in the chat are talking about the Finnish goaltender uh, that they traded for and for Columbus. He's an AHL goalie. He is not a solution. We don't really know that. We think that, but you don't know that. I, I don't think they, I, I, Russ, I don't think they consider him an NHL option today again. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's bring up a couple of things. Okay. I know that you talked about the PK being bad on the Leafs, and I'm in agreement with you on that. Now, again, though, in hockey lore, your goalie is supposed to be your best penalty killer as a rule. Right. Even so, now this game, Anderson had to come in. You said he was four and six. I get it. He made some really good saves. I get it. 
How many games has he won for your team this year? Because this would have been a nice one for Freddie Anderson to come in and shut them down or at least give up one goal and have the Leafs come back and win. It would have been a nice one for him to do that. Yeah, um, but, you know, after after the two goals, he steadied them, but then he gives up two goals to Batherson in the 53 seconds in the second period, and then it's over with. But what do you say about that? Break that down right there because, to me – I get it. He One was a power play goal. Okay, but all right, so let's get to that. I hear this so often in Philly, and Eck, I definitely want you to chime in because you're a goalie. I hear, well, it's not his fault it was on the power play. Oh, he maybe he was screened. You can't always give a goalie a pass even on a power play goal because the whole idea about positioning and head tracking and all that is because sometimes you are going to have to see the puck blindly. Sometimes guys right. are going to take away your eyes. That's part of the position, though. No, for sure. For sure. Anderson, Anderson's got 13 wins right now. I would say he's played above average in more than half of his wins. Yeah. Now, uh, that, 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 well, I mean, I, I, I would say probably in the losses, maybe he's played average in, say, five of seven. So, I mean, is he having a great year? I mean, okay, again, statistics, uh, 2.86 goals against, 900 save percentage. For a team that is playing better defensively, he was playing good just as he got hurt, and since right. he got hurt, he has played average at best. And, of course, that has coincided with them playing um, average overall. Now, they've lost five right. of the last six, but they're still in first place. You know, I, I don't think it's reason to panic, but if 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 Kyle Dubas is going to make his move, which we've heard about for a while, Elliot Friedman said a couple weeks ago that this is around the time that they would make that move with the 14-day quarantine. So it might be the opportunity for them to make their move in the next couple right. of days. We'll see. But getting to Philadelphia, go ahead. Well, hold on. Let's talk about the power play part of it right. and what a goalie can stop and what they when then what you is logistic is. Realistic and saying, okay, you know what, it's a power play. He couldn't stop that one. Well, yeah, I mean, the power plays are, of course, big because of, I mean, for a lot of reasons. But one one thing with, we always talk about with goalies, right, is the momentum aspect of it. That's my – that is – I just – I end and – I begin and end for me for goaltending is momentum saves. Like that just – that's that's the whole thing. I mean, we have great goalies. We see great goalies. And this, this has been, you know, this has been my knock on Anderson at times and other goalies like him. You know that you've got to make those saves at the biggest times in the biggest situation, and power plays, of course, are one of them. I, you know, I, like I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's one of them. No, that's I, one I, of them. I see. That, that's the thing. I really believe that momentum saves are bull crap. I really do. It's like I, I really do. It's like I mean, you know, I, I, how many times do we hear Grant Fuhrer? He, well, he, when it was six to five, he made that big save that kept yeah, how many Stanley Cups the save to stop the first five goals. But it doesn't matter. So one Stanley Cups. I mean, that's it, right? I mean, right. I mean, you can't. That's the that's the that's it. That, to me, that's the whole thing. I mean, they won the Stanley Cups, and you can't you can't get around that. I mean. Yeah, I mean, he, he was not a great. He, but I mean, you and, and just you just have to watch the games to realize what Grand Fury did. You know, like when you watch that team back then, they were amazing up front, um, but they were allowed to do the crazy things they did because they trusted Grand Fury. You know, they, they he might not have been always great, but they trusted him enough I was to like let, to let both their defense take rushes to take take extra chances. Different things, you know. That's what they did, and that's. I, I was never, I was never a big uh, a, a appreciator of of Grant Fear because I mean, you know, he was acrobatic, but I don't think he was, you know, the you know, the biggest clutch. I would in in the early eighties, I would have had rather had Billy Smith than Grant Fear. All right, I'm going to read you stats. They're both really that, good. That there is no way of saying this is a bad stat or misleading because it's it's just factual. Okay. So going back to 2018, starts that Freddie Anderson had that he was under at 850 save percentage or under were eight in 66 games, then seven and 60, then eight and 52. So they went up a bit. He's had five in 22, Mike. Right. Yeah, and I bet you all, I'll bet you four of the five are in the last five or six games. Or whatever. I mean, right. after, after he. After he got hurt, and that and that's what that's what I'm saying, Russ. Right now, the fact that Jack mm. Campbell is not available is hurting this team because 
it's forcing Anderson to play games where he might not be at 100% and forcing them to play Michael Hutchinson. Freddie Anderson is a pretty mild-mannered guy, and after the game on Saturday, he was bristling at questions from the media about, are you 100%, and how mm-hmm. do you how do you feel like you're playing? I mean, clearly there's something bothering him right now, whether it's the team in front of him or whether it's his own play, I don't know. But something's and maybe it gets straightened out in the next four days, but if it gets closer to April 12th and and. Campbell's not back, then I think Dubas has to uh, has to address the situation. But yeah. okay, so yeah. I mean, I, I think that I, I don't know. It's, it's impossible to sit there, Mike. It's crazy to sit there and say that momentum saves are something you don't buy into. Like that's 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 just I don't know. That's something we have to discuss. Okay. Right. okay. we have to discuss that because I mean, honestly, that is what I mean. As a goalie, I as a goalie, you know this because you when you play the games, you know like the response you get after a game from your teammates is not. It's not like, oh, you only gave up two goals in that game. You only gave up one goal that game. That's cool. You know, that's that's good. You get that maybe once in a while if you made a bunch of saves. But you will always get the response of, man, you really bailed me out on that one yep. there. That, that yep. or, you, or you did this, you know, and, or you, you kept us in it. it that, you kept us in it on that one power play. Whatever, you know, that's 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 everything in goal. I mean, and to me, that's, that's just the way it, that's the way it runs. I can't see any any way around that. I, I mean, even Grant – I mean, we talk about Grant Fuhrer. We talk about Marty Berdour who made – he played on a on a team that had played great defense, but even he, he his key was even being, making big momentum saves for the for the Devils, especially yeah, one of those eighteen play. saves he faced in the playoffs every night. Um, yeah, but 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 often with the Devils, they were on they were on penalty kills and stuff like that. It was tough. I mean, it was really it was tough. I mean, so okay, Ross, you were talking about the Flyers. Yeah. All right. So we'll, let's talk about the Flyers. Although I, I will say this in defense of Brodor, when before I was in the media and and just a rabid Ranger fan. I had that argument too, but then as Brodor started losing Hall of Famers on the roster, he still managed to make it to a Stanley Cup with yeah. not a great defense in front of him. In 2012, right. I, I in 2012 when they beat the Rangers, Ross. I mean that yeah. was that was the year where I, I thought, and that was at that game that they got beaten at. He, that was the that, spectacular. That was the year where his you know maybe his skills were starting to slip, and I thought Brodor did his best job, but I I can't give him full credit. For when he when he was playing in front of Danica, Peter no, Meyer, and Stevens, I mean that's Christ fair. Almighty, you, yeah. Anyway, bad. no, no, I get it. All right, so the Flyers. I mean, you know, I my my blanket statement is, yeah, Vigneault has just shuffled the deck chairs as much as he possibly can. Right now, even in Lehigh, there's still some guys that you might bring up later in the season that need some more seasoning. Guys like Lasinski, maybe Zamula, guys like that, but you can't bring them up yet, so they're not ready. Uh, so they have that gap. So right now, what they have is what they have. And I don't think Vigneault can do anything more. I don't think Fletcher needs to see anything more, but yet nothing's been done. Now, as far as the Carter Hart thing, I tweeted out at the other night that I would have taken him out right after that third goal. Boom, done. You're out. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's the way it is. And, and then after that, and I never tweeted that before, but I did. Then after that, Vigneault says, hey, you've got two days off. But then all of a sudden, Elliot gives up a few goals. He gives up three goals, and Carter Hart's back in. And I tweeted, I thought A.B. said he had two days off. And, and some people gave me a hard time. This is why. If you're mentally fried as a goalie, just because you got put into a situation and all of a sudden you don't, you say you don't have to think about it, it's going to cure it, it didn't. Because, he, you know, he gave up a power play goal, and then he gave up a dribbler through his legs, that was really bad. Right. Blame the organization for this one for not giving him off and bringing up Alex Lyon to be the backup. So then, if Elliot had a bad game, you could bring in Elliot and not not bring in Lyon and not have to bring in Carter Hart. The fact yeah. that they brought in Carter Hart now to me has muddied up the situation to the point of yeah. who are you putting in tonight? Yeah, I know. I know. I don't even know anymore. Vino has handled this terribly. I mean, honestly, and and it's and it's not just him. It's a group decision, but yeah, it's going to fall on Vino for sure. Yeah, it's got to fall on him, and he's. I mean, he's, it's he's got to make. I mean, you know, playing Carter Hart at the beginning of all those back and backs. We were talking about that before. It's just adding that pressure to him that wasn't needed. You know, picking times like not going with a hot goalie sometimes. If if you know when Elliot played well, not just sticking sticking with him for a little bit, um, and through a game, not just like you know through a period or two. If he makes a mistake, I mean, just through a game, like you said, I mean. It makes more, way more sense to bring up 
like you know Andrew Lyon right now, and and you know he's he can he can he's a very suitable I think NHL backup goalie. I really do. Um, at some point in his career, will be probably be that for sure. So yeah, I don't know. I I that's a tough one, and uh, you know I want to um so I want to get into some Flyers rumors too because there's a lot what going on there as far as the um as far as the Ekholm stuff goes, and and the rumors flying out. Of, it's there. I'm getting two different senses here out of one out of Philly and one out of Nashville, and that's what's kind of not concerning, but kind of odd. Um, the Flyers definitely think they can get Ekholm for less than they, and I know every time, everybody, every, for the since I've started doing this, every team thinks they can get somebody for less than they can, right? That's that's typical. Yes, but that's a lot the, the world, but a lot less. I mean, the rumors out there, you know, you may have seen over the weekend. Even um, I think they're put out by Anthony San Filippo. Even um, I don't know if you saw this or not, Russ. He, Anthony used to be a beat writer for the Flyers. Uh-huh. Works for Flyers dot com. He's also a pretty salacious rumor guy at times. Um, mm-hmm. but he puts he put out there that um, that the fly that Gosses Bear and a first and a Gosses Bear a first and a second would get it done for Ekholm. And uh, you're listening to that concept is just like it's absolutely bizarre. Oh, like it's really not true because they're not. It's not even close to true. And Nashville's not getting really anything appreciable back no. other than Gosses Bear, who's a hope. That maybe you could do something with on the roster. So why would they make that deal? Yeah, right. And Gossespierre is not, you know, I mean, they 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 are desperate for forwards. If you follow that team, yeah, they can't score goals. I mean, they need. I mean, that there's a reason that you know Nolan Patrick is the guy I've been talking about because that's the guy that they want, and that's the guy I feel like the Flyers are most likely to. I think they want Patrick, and look, he he had the shootout goal. He had the goal the other night. Right. We know we both saw um, scouts up there, Russ, in those games too. Yeah. So it's like you know, from Bash from Nashville, there's no question that you know. That's the way they're going to go. Lehigh, they've been doing their due diligence. Yeah, Gossespierre's not – they're not interested in Gossespierre. Or Gossespierre's out there too. I mean, that's, that's just doesn't make any sense. None of these make right. any sense. And here's another point. Let's say Gossespierre's in there just because it's a salary wash or they think they can do something with him and it helps Philly. Maybe he does get in there. But the idea is if that were the deal, there would be no reason for Nashville to keep going to Lehigh. But they are because they're going yeah, right. for a reason. Right, they're looking. Yeah, they're they are they are definitely looking at prospects and things like that. I mean, they you're wanted to Lehigh. If you want Shane Goss to spear first and a second, you know why would you even waste the resources in this kind of yeah. year? You wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. So that's that's a that's the something we're gonna we're gonna stay with that. But I don't want to talk all flyers and leaves today. I definitely don't want to do that. Wow. We get criticized that. So um, I want to move on to uh, even though this even though some of these rumors I'm going to talk about today have the Leafs involved, there are other teams involved as well. Right. Um, Brandon Sutter. Okay, first, I want to start with Brandon Sutter. Um, I'm working on the rumor chart right now, and I've got about 28 guys on it. We've got to about 30. I'll launch, launch it this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Sutter is um, – I mean, I think it's, it feels pretty obvious now that the Canucks are very close to becoming big-time sellers. I mean, whether or not they are sellers or not at this point is it's hard to say, but the problem with the Canucks is that they played 31 games, you know, and they're looking up at the standings with a, with a, and with other teams with a lot more games. Well – Let's just put this as a caveat. We've said before that it makes sense for them to be sellers, but there's but their uh, unintelligent ownership has never allowed them to uh, to sell at certain points. This might be the year that they actually do it because there's no revenue coming in, and it would save them money by trading a guy like Brandon Sutter, who's making four point three million dollars. But right. I don't know how much you're going to get for him because he's been the last couple of years. He's been less injured than he had been in the past. I don't know, Russ, I don't know how effective of a player he is anymore. I mean, he, this year he's had a little bit of a resurgence. I will give him credit for that. I, I still think he is a third line player for somebody. Yeah, I think that's the key. Right. And, and, and Brandon I, Sutter's, they've tried to make it. We've wanted him to be more right. Russ. I mean, like right. you've wanted him to be more, but at the end of the day, if he settles into a really solid third liner who you know is smart, who can win faceoffs, who's got like certain certain things he's and he's a center for sure, you know. So you have certain things about him that play play really well right now in the trade market. There's there's teams that and he's a center, you know, and then so you know he's got size. He's got size, you know, he's he's got you know that classic hockey, vintage hockey type thing that people love in the in the Sutter family. Yeah, I think there's something there, and I think there's something there that teams want. Now yeah. I, I, the, the one thing is that but not uh, his salary. Uh, right, obviously, right. Vancouver, take some salary in the deal. Yeah, Vancouver is going to have to retain, and they they can they can retain on two players. Um, right, so they they're not retaining. Right. What's, right. what's that? Um, 
yeah, they, they can retain on two players, and he's a rental, so it would only be for the rest of the year. So, I mean, he's got six goals in 31 games. I mean, I, let's just say this. I don't think they're getting a lot back. No, but it's, you know, it's not bad production. No, no, no. Bad I mean, team. I, no, it's not. But I'm just saying I, I think that, I think that you know, could you get a third-round pick for him? Sure. I, I don't think you, I don't I mean, think the six goals don't really matter to me. Like the the, the the points don't really matter to me too much. Maybe you can get a conditional second. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he is the kind of player that teams like to have in the playoffs. Like sure. he's the kind of player that you want to have in the playoff run. If you're going to make a long playoff run, he's going to help you. Um, he might not score a ton of goals. He might right. get a key goal here or there, but he's going to be that third line center that is going to be able to fill in um, and jump up if he has to a little bit. But mainly, he's a third or fourth line center. Right, and I think that's where he is. And I think that, you know, and if 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 they were retain half of his salary, I think yeah. he'd probably get it done. Um, I, I, I think I think that he will be moved before the deadline because I don't think Vancouver is in it, and they can get something for him. But I, let's just say it's not a big juicy, you know. No, it's not a big. It's not a big deal. But, but I mean, Calgary. We talked about it. His uncle obviously coaches the Calgary Flames now. Is that is that a place that Murray would possibly go? I don't know. Um, well, it, it all depends on whether Calgary is still in the race around April yeah. 12th. And the feeling is that they will be. I mean, the I one, think that the Calgary one, and Montreal are very much in a race, I feel as if. And I feel that that's going to stay that way. Well, uh, the one benefit here is that – well, I mean, Montreal might be a team that's in on them because they're weak up the middle. Right. Uh, the one, the one see benefit, Montreal being in on them. That makes sense. Yeah. The one benefit here is Canadian to Canadian team, no 14-day quarantine. Right, right. Right, and the Maple Leafs I've heard of will also have interest in him, Mike, um, along with the Penguins um, and the Panthers. Um, and I, th- I think all those teams make some I sense. I can see the know? Penguins. I can see the Penguins. Although it would be a little strange for them trading a guy that they traded. Right. He was, he was oh, yeah, for sure. But they, you know, there's no question about that. But they have, you know, they also kind of know what he's about, too. So They do know what he's about. I do have a, a two-second Sutter story. Um, I told it once before, but for people who hadn't heard it, in the 07 draft, I was doing a show on the uh, concourse, and I ran out of guests. And so I started walking behind the curtain, seeing who was walking around, getting food and stuff, and I see Brandon Sutter, and I said, hey, do you have a minute to to give an interview? And he goes, uh, wait a minute. And he asked his dad if it was okay. Dad, can I go interview with this guy? And he asked me what I was doing it for, and he goes, sure. And so later I'll tweet out that picture when you see how young he is. Like wow. it's, it's just funny. Like, you know, this kind of stuff just kind of makes me laugh. That, But he's had a decent career, and I do think he could still help somebody. I now, right. I'll give you one uh, one connection here because um, I've been mentioning in terms of the Leafs, anything that the Leafs do would be money in, money out. Man. Alex Kerfoot, he was really rumored to go to Vancouver when yeah. – he um, was a free agent coming out of Harvard. Uh, he's from the Vancouver area. Right. So there might be interest in, in Kerfoot in Vancouver and Sutter. If they, if they did make that deal, Sutter would be a sort of a stopgap center. If they don't have a, all the confidence in the world uh, that Pierre Engvall could handle the job as the third line center. But I mean, I, if I'm doing that, I'm getting healthy as well. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I that's, think that that if, if, for that. Kerfoot, for Kerfoot, I don't see. Um, I mean, I would not move Kerfoot for Sutter in, in any way, shape, or form. You know? No, no. I, I'm, I, I'm saying, I'm saying, Sutter would be a throw-in in that deal because right. there, you have to be young assets coming back, uh, right. for, or a defenseman or something like that. With the, but I'm just maybe pretty straight for a team that's at the top of the league to make that kind of a trade, though. You know, I think that that, that right now they should keep. They should ride it out, right? Well, I mean, I think- they'd like to, but the problem is they're one hundred and thirty thousand under the cap. If they're going right, to make, right. they're going to make a move. They're probably going to have to move some money out, right? Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that makes you wonder if they should. You know, like if that, and that's a big. I mean, a big question to me. Like, if you're if you're just making a move for the hell of it, then don't. I don't think they're making the movie the move for. I don't think the Leafs will make a move for the hell of it. I think they'll make a move because they think that they need one more piece to. Uh, go over the top. That's why, like, I mean, an Eric Stahl, which I've been an advocate of. Yeah. Um, he's only one point six against the cap if Buffalo retains fifty percent. You yeah. can fit that in. Brandon Sutter is over two million. That's tougher. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo and Toronto making me make a deal together. 
they're not in the same division, and, and no, they aren't. But they will be next year, and yeah, but, but Stall won't be on either team. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, so the other guy is staying in Vancouver is Holpe. Um, and Holpe is um, you know, we just mentioned them. You know, it's another guy that I, you know, there's a couple teams that are definitely interested. The Capitals are an obvious one that makes sense. Although I don't you know, think they should go anywhere near him because Sam. I haven't Sonoff heard. Yeah, they make sense, but I was going to say I haven't heard them really mentioned in yeah. the discussion. Sam Sonoff is playing terrific. And on, and yeah. honestly, I mean, I, I I do realize that Vancouver has their defensive challenges, but Holpe has Holpe was slipping the last two years in yeah. Washington, and he has not done anything to change that thought in people's minds. He's looked terrible this year. And if you're looking for a savior in goal, I don't think it's Braden Holtby. I don't think you're looking at him as a savior. I think you're looking at him as a team. If you're a team with um, a definite starter, but 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 a, but a backup that you wouldn't trust to, to try to win you a playoff series, that's what you're looking at with Holtby. Like you're looking at a guy like he's like, you know, okay, I don't know if my backup can win me the playoff series. So I go Hopi, um, and I think that that's how you would. That's how it gets. I mean, I think the Hurricanes are an interesting spot for him, um, you know. And I've heard I've heard that a lot of, a lot over the weekend. Um, the and Avalanche, the, and the Hurricanes. Sorry, good. The Hurricanes could throw back a Morazic or a Reimer in the deal to balance out the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, although they've really been happy with Reimer and they love Morazic, so it's hard to say what they would do there. Morazic. Um, they yeah, love Morazic. They can have ten million dollars in both. They just love Morazic, even though he can't get his act together. I know. Yeah, I mean, okay, if you keep Morazic and you keep Reimer and you trade for Holpe, then you have over ten million dollars in goaltending and none of them that can stop the puck. Other than that, that's great. Yeah. Um, like I'm, gonna, I'm kind of burying the league because the big thing is going. I'm going to get to last year, but um, okay. So Dennis Savard, David Dennis Savard, David Savard. Dennis Savard <laughs> is a bad coach. I'll get it. Dennis right. Savard is not a good player anymore. Drama um, though. He is definitely your backup. He's, he's your second choice after Ekholm in most cases when I'm talking to people. Um, he's a different kind of defenseman than Ekholm though. So I mean, it's interesting whenever I hear that. I always say, you know, it's just like, okay, you just are you just getting a defenseman? Or are you trying to get a certain kind of defenseman? Um, you know, the, this is this. I think I know the Flyers have scouted him. Uh, the Bruins have scouted him. Um, Montreal, Winnipeg, Florida. These are all places that you know. You know, obviously Zito in Florida knows David Savard really well. Would trust him in a heartbeat. You know, I could see that happening. He's already made. He's already gotten some of his um, Blue Jackets down there um, that he really likes. I see. I can see that happening. I think that you know he's a he's one to definitely look out for. He and um, it's interesting to me. Um, and not much else. I've already talked about him a lot, so I'm just going to move on to the next guy because I'm because I but, I but I definitely have heard more chatter, and I feel as if they're going to hear a trade or two in the next couple of days that could like that could trigger a bunch. Um, so he's somebody to look out for. Um, Kyle Palmari, we talked about last week last week with Kevin, and I did some research about it. like I'm like, hey, you know, it does make sense that Lou Lamorello would like him. I think I don't know who mentioned it. I think it was you, Russ, maybe. Yeah, Russ, I did. I it did. said like Palmari. You know, I can see Lou going after him. Yep. And uh, you know, sure enough, there was definitely in talking to people in New Jersey. They said they have had those discussions. Yeah, so whether no whether or not that happens or not, I don't know. But um, also the Bruins, and we talked about that too. I think Mike even mentioned that um, yes. when we yeah, talked about him, right? because he's always been talked about with the Bruins, right? And it's um, it's all been because he's <clears throat> because uh, salary wise, he's sort of in order with what the Bruins are, and right. now now he's a rental, so the cost would be. You know, not not prohibitive. Now, Russ, but Colorado is the other team I heard with him, and that that, that team I think had, there's some I think there's some real something to that. Like, and I think of all these teams, I think Colorado would be my favorite right now for him um, if he's going to get moved. Now, New Jersey wants to keep him, obviously, so that's a big yeah. Of course, which means they're trying to drive up the price. All right, Eck, I just tweeted the uh, Brandon Sutter picture to you if you want to show it later. Oh, cool. Okay, now Russ, Elliot Friedman mentioned uh, this name in terms of a team shopping a player who is looking for a change of scenery and i scratch my head because troy terry in anaheim the the challenge in anaheim is that they can't score and troy terry the only place he hasn't scored is in anaheim for san diego he scored yeah university of denver he scored for team usa he scored the only place he hasn't scored is on the ducks so this is one of these situations where a guy gets traded and probably blooms someplace else, and I think they're making a mistake. But I mean, I'm not sure. See, I with Troy Terry, 
Like, I get he's great at the shootout. And there are some guys that are just great at the shootout. Mm-hmm. I've never been in love with his game five-on-five five as a scorer. Okay. So I don't know if he's going to be a scorer like he was the kind of scorer he is in the shootout. That's I don't think so. I've never thought that. So I'm not sure. Could he do better than what he's doing? Sure. But I, I don't think he's, you know, anything more than like a 35-point guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's, been a point, he's been a point over a point. It, granted, it's the AHL. It's the AHL, and yeah. so some guys are really good at the AHL, and then they just can't make the jump. Yeah, it's a, that's it is definitely. There's another level there, and some some players are like born to be that forever. Um, yeah. Here's a here's a picture of uh, the rest of it. Man, it's pretty funny. Um, see if it comes up there. There we go. Yeah, that's yeah. um that, that Brandon Sutter. Yeah, that's definitely. That's the, yeah, I like the, the draft thing of like, should I give you, should I interview you or give you $10 to shovel my driveway draft? Right, right. But he went up to Brent and was like, you know, dad, can I, can I interview this guy? And he looked me yeah. over and he goes, all right. You know, he asked me a question. He goes, yeah, all right, go ahead. That's really funny. That dad, of course, being Brent Sutter. Yeah, Brent Sutter, yeah. <laughs> it was really right. funny. It was, I've never had a moment like that. And the yeah, guy yeah. Was like, really he definitely looks like he'd have to ask his dad. It's so funny. I mean, he definitely looks like a like a like I think he should be going to school with my daughter. And yeah, he um, looked really young at that draft. He really yeah, did. yeah, yeah. Um, now there is a there is an issue today that the big news today, and this is it is really big today, is is the Sherratt injury, um, and that plays into things as well with the room with um with how this is going to go down. You know, Sherratt now is going to be out six to eight weeks for Montreal. That is the worst possible thing that could happen to Montreal Canadiens right now. On top, on top of the fact that you know, because you think, okay, Ben Sherrod, he's a depth defenseman. No, he was playing with Shea Weber. He's not so. a depth defenseman anymore. Yeah, I mean, he, no. he he left that role last year in the bubble when he even playoffs when he looked when he looked every bit of, of you know a top line defenseman and he, he you know, he's, he's playing on the left side with Weber, so yeah. he was playing major minutes. And I, Russ, I think what they're, I guess they're going to do in the interim is move Romanoff up. Uh, to play with Weber, and I think that's exposing the young guy to too many minutes. It's It could be. He is capable of playing a lot of minutes. He did play a fair amount. They didn't coddle him in the KHL. I mean, they don't really have a choice here. I, I say you might as well give it a shot, and maybe it'll work the same way it worked with Carlos, simply because Weber is that guy, and, and that's very possible. What I want to know is, is Ben Sherratt – the last drafted Atlanta Thrasher playing in the NHL? No, Evander Kane. Bogosian oh, still, that's right. Bogosian. Evander Bogosian Kane. Bogosian is too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a few still. There's a couple still, but yeah, he. Um, yeah, I was thinking that too, and he's one no of them. Uh, yeah, that. But at any rate, right? I, I think they could try Romanoff. They're gonna have to make a deal in the market. They don't need a top pairing defenseman or even a top four defenseman. They just need another defenseman. So they, right. And then, and it's yeah. a state. It's a statement that they, that they guess they don't have the confidence in Victor Mete to step to step in. If they're, yeah, I mean, Victor Mete is. They rushed him. He's all offense. He's not much even on the puck possession side. Where you say, all right, well, if he has the puck, you don't. So that's why. Well. Yeah. Yeah. We know Montreal had a bevy of draft picks, and I think they still do for the upcoming. Yeah. yeah. Okay. In the upcoming draft, they have a first, two seconds, three thirds, three fourths, three fifths, a sixth, and a seventh. I think they can afford a couple draft picks to trade for a rental. Yeah. That's yeah. What- yeah. I agree with you. Um, I think that, and I think that now one of those rental possibilities out there. Another guy I'm going to talk about now this is going on my rumor chart is Josh Manson, right? Who's been discussed briefly by a lot of people as well lately um the ducks have changed their tune on what they want for him apparently so that's changed things a little bit and that they really want a player that can help them sooner than later as opposed to like a draft pick yeah but there, so, he's, he's not a rental he's like at home he's got another right. year he's got one more year left but he is also yeah i guess you guys uh, not really technically a rental but he's he's an interesting fit in that he's a defensive defenseman which you don't have many of in the nhl right now um montreal i could see that working really well for montreal actually um, in that's a, lot a good of ways. fit. I will, I will agree with you on that. That's a yeah. very good fit. He, he is a guy that could be physical. I remember I did see him at Northeastern. I, I do like him. I haven't seen his game much lately, but yeah, I mean, we don't expect. He's been him. hurt a lot. I mean, that's the thing with him. The yeah. last couple of years, he's been hurt a lot. Um, and he, but before that, he, he was. Play, he played a lot too. Like his first couple of years, he played 71, 82, 80 games, 74. 
Then it's tailed off a bit, but he could be a guy. Yeah, if he's healthy, he could help you on a playoff run. Yeah, and I think I think I think the Ducks will get a good, good amount for him actually. Um, from from what I've heard, and I think every one of the teams we talked about is interested in defensemen could look at. It. And you know what? If I'm if I'm Anaheim, give me Ryan Paling and a pick. I'll give Ryan Paling a chance on my team because we need offense. Right, right. And then, I, might I, do it. I think you get a lot more from Manson. Well, you might be able to get uh, a better pick or a better Paling's player. Got, Paling's got some. some Paling is an NHL. Some people are like Paling a lot out there. Yeah, obviously. So I, mean, he's, I think if you could get Paling and a conditional first, or Paling and a second, you do it. Yeah. And an, and a and a mean streak as Randy put in the chat room is very str- true. That's that a mean streak too. Manson, which is which is huge in the playoffs, and could be huge for certain teams. Like I mean, this this is a guy that would really fit in well, you know, in um in Pittsburgh, you know. I think Pittsburgh could really use a guy like this. I mean, they need defensive defensemen. They don't have any. Yeah, um, Pittsburgh though they're going to struggle with what they could give Anaheim back. For sure, for sure. Especially if it's if they're going to say, "Hey, give us Sam Poole," and we're then they're going to be like, "Well, then we got nothing." <laughs> like yeah, right, right. right. But the but the big big story I'm burying here is the crazy rumor I heard just before I posted my blog. So that's why it ended up at the end and not as my title. Um, but as I was typing it, um, that there has been discussions between Tampa Bay and Buffalo about Jeff Skinner, and how this how this is going to happen, I have no friggin' idea except for the fact that Tyler Johnson would be part of it. Um, Tyler Johnson would go back to Buffalo as part of that deal, and. This is yep. going to be a mind f. If you, I'm not going to drop the f bomb, but that's what this trade would be. If if this happens, we all have to now figure out. And I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to write about it. I don't want to do the mental gymnastics that it takes to figure this out cap wise. I'm not smart. No, no, cap wise, I'm not. I, I never worry about cap wise because honestly, they 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 know. I don't have enough. But I've always said we don't have enough information. We can sit there and cap geeks or you know, yeah, yeah. Puck, puck, you know, you know, puck, puckpedia, all these things, all these things, and it, we still don't have enough information to really know what these teams can do with the salary cap, honestly, because right. there's things, there's stuff there, and we don't know what different players' situations are. We don't. There's so many right. things, and you can't you can't sit there and logically write an article about something you don't know all the pieces to. So you, but so that's why I don't really even worry about this. I just just to say that. I said I don't know how it'll happen, but Skinner, well, Tampa likes Skinner. Um, Buffalo likes Tyler Johnson, and it these are two issues. These are two problem issues right now, right? With each team, they both yeah. need, want to move them. And uh, I know Mike's going to say that there's no way in hell this is going to happen. So I'm just talking. There's no way in hell this is going to happen. <laughs> so he can't. Why? Why yeah. do you say that? But there is that. There's no way in hell you can say there's no way in hell this is going to happen, Mike. Because honestly, yeah, there are there are ways in Buffalo that this could happen. Because Julian Brisebois is not an idiot. That's why nobody in their right mind is taking. First of all, Jeff Skinner is not I'm saying he's going to keep his whole. He's going to take that whole contract. There's no way. There's gonna, there's no way he's going to take that whole contract. Let me, let me let me finish. Go ahead. Jeff Skinner, first of all, is not waiving his no move clause. The one to Tampa? to a Stanley Cup team. No. <laughs> uh, you're not going to. There's no way he's not going to waive his no trade clause. I don't know about that, Mike. No, no, no. First of all, one of the main motivations for Jeff Skinner signing an eight-year, no-move, $9 million contract with the Sabres is because he's from Toronto. He I didn't get charter a plane, though, Mike. Yeah, I'm from, I'm from New Jersey, but, you know. Right. Okay, let's move, <laughs> let's move past that if you think, okay, he wants to get out of the, the cesspool that is Buffalo and the organization. One second. Live in, live in Buffalo, live in Tampa, play for the Sabres yeah. on the fourth line, play for Stanley Cup champion. Okay. Second thing. Go ahead. Uh, Tyler Johnson is three years left after this year, five million bucks. Yeah. Jeff Skinner has six more years at nine million bucks. I don't well, care. Three years from now, the salary cap will go up. I don't care if you have everybody signed. You know, everybody. You you've got Stamco signed. You've got Kucherov signed. Uh, you've got Yanni Gord signed. Hedman Vasilevsky. You still got to sign Braden Point. You still got to sign Sorelli in two years. You got you're gonna have nine million dollars of an albatross around your neck. And I tell you, the, the the way that Tampa Bay cleans off Tyler Johnson's contract is you give Seattle a second round pick. He's from Spokane. He's gonna be a Kraken next year. For sure. Um, no, contract don't. is immovable. <laughs> Johnson is a Kraken. Don't come knocking. Is that what you're saying? The only thing. I, the only thing I say about this is I can never say never. 
I understand what Mike brought up some good points, but I will never say never simply because if Jeff Skinner goes to Tampa and if they win another Stanley Cup and if he performs well, the contract is no longer an albatross. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. That, that, if, That's now, the fact of that. When you have a $9 million contract and you can eat up to half of that money, that is a huge issue for Buffalo. But at the same time, Buffalo has a lot of money a lot of salary cap money and this situation is horrendous. So the idea here is maybe they can, they can move Johnson to the Kraken for something significant. There's other things. That can, right. I mean, the, at the end of the day here, and then it turns into just a rental for them. And I wrote a blog cause I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm covering the Sabres temporarily for the website. I wrote a blog today about, you know, about who's in really in charge Kruger or, um, Kevin Adams, and can the Sabres afford not to be going after Gary Galley super hard right now? Um, you know, because I really think that, the, you know, I really think that that's um, why are you looking at me like that, Mike. No, you said Gary Galley? Oh, I meant, I didn't mean Gary Galley. What am I talking about? I'm losing my mind. Gosh. Oh, why, why do I say Gary Galley? Oh, my God. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Unless you just I want just, to uh, you know, the coach, the coach from the coach from uh, from 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 Vegas. What am I losing my mind on? Oh, I mean Ger Gerard Gallant. Oh, thank you. God, oh, why would I go Galli Gallant? Ah, oh, that's so funny. No, well, okay. This is again. This is the thing. Gerard Gallant's got options, and any coach that's got options is not going to Buffalo. I. I this is the thing. I, I think the most realistic head coach potential for the Sabers is Bruce Boudreaux. If it's not Bruce Boudreau, then I think it's uh, Russ, the, the the Swedish coach who they talked to a couple years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, Kronberg. Kronberg. I think those are the two big Kronberg. options. Kronberg, I, I, right. I, I don't know his name. But yeah. I know. But Gallant is going to be at the top of the list for you – know, it's going to be Gallant. It's going to be Babcock. Uh, those coaches. And those coaches aren't going to Buffalo because Buffalo is a tire fire right now. now and sorts. And torts, you know, I, I, you mentioned the Rangers. That I would, I would love that just for the theater of it, Russ. I would. I, here's great off season. You want good off season? Gronberg. Yeah. You know, I said Gronberg after. I corrected myself. Um, great theater would be Tortorella's out there as a coach. He talks to Buffalo. He talks to the Rangers. Just and the. Then and, Just and the articles that would get generated from that. And then and and then Russ, Buffalo offers him five million a year and he can't <laughs> and then at the last moment he goes to the Rangers. <laughs> right. <laughs> like this would be, be great theater. And my it friend my, and my friend Mike Harrington flies to New York and 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 browbeats Jeff Gordon and 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 and, uh, and torts about why why they why he he uh tantalized the Sabres before Going to going to the Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm fixing. I I am such a freaking idiot, man. I'll, I'll I, this, this is the kind of thing that makes me insane because, like, I've been going nuts here, and I'm completely and utterly. It's GG. It's GG. So I know, but I wrote the. I, I you know I fixed my freaking blog now because oh, it's you like typed, I'm, you typed Gary Galley. I typed Gary Galley out. I did. <laughs> I know everyone's gonna have everyone's gonna have a blast. Oh, yeah, um, I'm gonna give you this. There's already twenty comments of people ripping me to shreds on there. Fantastic. Uh, I, 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 Delete. I'm going to give you this. If, if I'm not going to leave it up there. I'm an idiot. I made a mistake. This no, is what happened. makes mistakes. I'm going to give you this. If there's ever a salary dump for salary dump, player for player, like you, like an NBA trade, look at Vegas to trade for Jeff Skinner because Steve Spot, who used to be Skinner's coach in Kitchener, is an assistant in Vegas. And Vegas does have some salaries at some point that they might want to ship, ship around to another team to say, hey, you give this guy a try. We'll give that one a try. I think Skinner is going to outlast Kruger and Skinner is staying in Buffalo. Okay. I'm just saying this is I'm just saying this as a possibility, like that's all. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's a total possibility. You guys talk about something. Some high priced guys that, you know. Talk about something life fix this guy. Sorry about that. <laughs> but listen, if Gary Galley's out there, certainly come up. <laughs> he's available. I'm sure he's really happy. I'm sure he's been getting a lot of phone calls this morning. <laughs> I'm such a freaking idiot. And sometimes I tell you, I'm just doing too many things at once here. I apologize. I'm such a freaking idiot. I'll, you guys talk about something else. To yeah, yeah, um, well, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I didn't mean to catch it off guard, but 
No, no, no. You just got me. I was just, Phil, 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 Phil. I was just looking what Gary Gallo was doing. He was most Thank recently you. on Team 1200 in Ottawa. Um, and we know. Oh, I, I know what I want to talk about. Um, yeah. Russ, uh, two of the more maligned players over the last few years were placed on waivers yesterday and both cleared sho on, shockingly. Uh, David Backus in Anaheim and Jack Johnson, Rangers. Yeah. Jack Johnson one, here's the easy explanation for this. My belief is they signed Jack Johnson because, hey, Jacques wanted him and Jacques Martin wanted him. He had him before. They, they tried him out. They didn't like him. Now they'll keep him on the taxi squad. He's getting a salary and everybody knows that he could use the money. So in that regard, they probably did a good thing. The bad part about this is they're so close to the cap, they have to fit in Shesterkin first and then try and fit in Kratzoff later just to get after Kratzoff plays a little while after quarantine in, in Hartford. And so they're a little bit cap-strapped because of bonuses and other things that could happen to them to actually play some of the youngsters. Remember, we talked about this at the beginning of the year. Larry Brooks wrote about it, and now it's it's probably going to happen. You know, as far as Bacchus, I mean, you know, we don't need to beat a dead horse. And 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 the other one, uh, and of course, I was taking a bow on Saturday, legitimately, because oh, I. Oh, Gary Valley's on Sportsnet. Randy said, "Okay, <laughs> yes, he is." I, I've been taking. I, I was taking. Nice I I totally don't understand what's wrong with me. Sorry, continue. I was taking a bow on Saturday, Saturday, legitimately, because the Carolina Hurricanes must have realized. What I said three, three and a half years ago was correct because they waived Jake Gardner because Jake Gardner is a horrible defenseman. I don't care what the analytics has said over the last few years. He is a tire fire. I don't know why the Carolina Hurricanes signed him to a four-year extension. Now, I think they realized that they could waive him and he wasn't going to get claimed by anybody. But, he, Russ, he's truly terrible. And now well, they realize it. He is, again – they got Jake Gardner instead of getting, you know, other things they needed. And and the Jake Gardner signing just never – yeah, goalie. The whole thing never made sense. It just never did, especially when they had Jake Bean. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, you could see Jake Bean scoring points now. So, like, what were they thinking? Honestly, I don't know. But, again, this is where you get a mixed bag with Don Waddell. Super nice guy. Team's been good. But the team's been good because of a lot of the drafting. And – Again, you look at some of these transactions, and if they don't win a cup in the next year or two, you're going to look at this team and say, boy, they've squandered a lot. Or if Rod Brindamore just doesn't come back after this year, which is probably the, the least talked about story in the NHL right now. Now, I have to tip my hat to the Buffalo News because I just saw this. If you notice, they have in their rankings of 1 through 32 in the right. NHL, they have the Seattle Kraken ranked 31st ahead of the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> It says oh, a act that deserves to be below a yet to start expansion team. That's fine. But what do you what do you think about um Bravo? Well, huh? Bravo to the Buffalo News on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what do you think what we're about what were you just talking about? A uh, gardener? No, about uh Rob Brindamore. Do oh, we I think, I, I think Brindamore is coming back? Only okay, only if they pay him and, and Thomas Dundon has shown that he doesn't pay Anybody, you know, look at what happened with John Forsland. Um, no, I mean, I, I honestly, Francis is in Seattle. Forsland is in Seattle. I think Brindamore is Seattle. I think there's a good chance that Brindamore is in Seattle because they may, they will pay him. I don't know whether Dundon will pay Brindamore. Brindamore, I mean, at the halfway, Paul, people were saying Brindamore is leading for the Jack Adams. What do you think, Eck? I mean, it does make sense. I think that I heard, and I wrote this about it before, um, that I, I heard Brendan Moore's name mentioned with, with them a lot. And I okay. think it's going to happen. I do. I think, I think that it doesn't matter what he, if he wins the Jack Adams or not. Um, I think he's going to be the Alec Kraken coach. I think it's the kind of thing that Brendan Moore loves to do. Yeah, it's a perfect fit for him. It, I mean, he loves it in Carolina, obviously, but he likes challenges, right? So to me, it, it just it's a really exciting opportunity i mean you can't you can't deny that you know so this 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 prospect must excite you uh apparently yesterday in a game four in the Gregarin cup playoffs Ilya Ilya Kovalchuk scored 
in over and double overtime for the winner. I'm sure that means he will be on the rumor board for this. No, he's definitely <laughs> never going to be allowed to be on the rumor board again, no matter what he does. All right, so I'm going to give answer somebody in the chat room real quick. They're asking what the state of the Sabers um, prospects are. Okay, Quinn is to me like a B plus prospect. I like him, but you know, obviously, don't go by his NHL numbers. He's not physically ready. And Turka, we had, we had Joe Yurden on our off the post a couple weeks ago, and he said that Quinn is overmatched in the AHL. Yeah, so of course, back to the OHL next year. Yeah, you, don't go by what he's still a really got a really great shot and a great yeah. skater. Uh, right, I fixed everything I had to fix. Like remove right. Gary Galley from every place I had All to. Right. Paterka, I apologize, folks. I really do. Um, you, you're, I've been up all night trying to get everything together, and it's just amazing when I do that. I have always screwed those two name players' names up together, and I knew it as I, was, as I was saying it out loud right now. That's when I when I said to Mike, "Why are you looking at me like that?" Because I'm thinking, Mike, Mike, knows I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely saying the wrong name here, and I, I'm thinking one player, picturing picturing Gerard Gallant's face in my head as I say it, and I'm like, "That's Gary Galley." Yeah, so yeah, just like, right. just like a deterioration of a man. Like here, picturing right. Sam the Eagle when you're thinking of Daryl Sutter. Um, I do. I'm gonna you know, that, 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 if I wrote Sam the Eagle, that, that would be that wouldn't be as bad as what I just did with writing Gary Galley. So there yeah. you go. I'm just gonna fix this quick. So <laughs> Cousins an A, Johnson's a B, Johnson's probably three years away. Uh Paterka's a B, he's probably two years away. Uh, you know, Bryson obviously is very good. He's up now, he's a B. Uh Matias Samuelson, I think, is a C. I think um, he'll have to just um, get to be a better skater. He's already physical. Uh, Uka Pekalukinen? Pekalukinen is, I think, a B. And they, I think they really love um, Matesh Picard or Picard. Yeah, Picard. I think, I think he's a C. I watched him in the USHL. I think he's good. I still think middle stats a B. I moved him off being an A because of, you know, the rush job that they did with him. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, Will Morgan. Will Borgen, I still think, is like a C because I think he can play at the NHL level, but he's just going to be a defensive defenseman who's physical, which is fine. So they do have seven to eight good prospects. They're not bereft of prospects. Roger, answer, answer your question. <laughs> Chances of Lindy Ruff going back to Buffalo? Zero. Zero. No, I don't think like which him is Because, honestly, it might not be a bad idea right now. Um, I, don't, I don't say that. I mean, I know that. But I, were- and honestly, he is – I've talked to so many players about him. And they, they will all tell me flat out that he is like one of the best coaches they've ever played they for. Were and talking about him act as a sort of team president, senior advisor, and and then then from what we've heard over the last week or so, the Sabers don't believe in team advi- in senior level. Like they they they, they Pagulas want direct control through Kevin Adams to the roster, and that's turned out to be wonderful. Uh, yeah. in- I, I will say this: Lindy has done better than I would think. Yes, thought with the Devils. They're, the record doesn't show it, but they are getting some improvement out of players. So he's not going anywhere. Yeah. I will. I, I, I'm going to. I'm going to agree with William on, in the chat room for a second about this. I think the Buffalo and, and Mike, you're going to totally disagree with me on this one, and that's fine um, because that's what you do. Um, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really. I'm really, really mad at myself. Um, trying to get over it. Um, all right. So no, but that's what you do. And no, I think the Buffalo media is being unbearably difficult on the Sabres. Now, I'm not going to say that they're, God. they deserve it. They deserve they deserve 99% of it. But there is a certain level at which you okay. got to you got to like you got to uh, just realize what's so going it's, on. it's 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 weird what the Sabres going to be in reality. Like the it's, best they could have been. It's weird of the dichotomy of the coverage of the Buffalo media when it comes to the Bills and when it comes to the Sabres, but it's it is the fact that this organization has been a tire fire ever since the Pagulas bought them. The first, yeah. the, the first year they came in, Terry Pagula as the savior, buying them from Tom Galasano, who who got them out of bankruptcy from the Reguses. He came in, Daddy Warbucks. I got all the big money. I can open up an oil well. All that, all that stuff. And he threw money at what they thought were the problems. And what what did they do? They went out and traded for Brad Boys at the trade deadline. That mm-hmm. got them in the playoffs. And then. Oh, yeah. they, in the next year in free agency, they signed Christian Erhoff and Billy Leno. And, both and that Erhoff signing was bad. I talked about it at the time. He yeah. was well past it. That's the problem. This is the biggest problem that really hasn't stopped in Buffalo is and, – and look, I haven't killed all their contracts because I thought with Skinner, the way it worked out, he it, it, it was worthy 
But again, nobody saw what was going to happen with Skinner this year, and I still think he'll rebound. But if you go back and look at their contracts for like the last four or five years, the large majority of them were bad signings. I've, I've, I've had people, yeah, I've had people email me, Mike, that I'm the reason that they signed Billy Leno because Pagula's read hockey bug all the time, and I was really so oh, super high no. on Billy Leno because um, <laughs> I, I really was because he was amazing. Billy Leno for a little while in Philly could do no wrong during that playoff run. He was magical, like, right. uh, like, oh, like because he was playing with wasn't he playing with Briere? He was yes. playing with Briere, Briere and Giroux, and yeah. that, that, this right. is Giroux's like rookie year, or whatever. Briere, yeah, yeah. Giroux, you know, that line was frigging unbelievable. He was- Playing left wing. Was, no, that, there's no question he was playing the wing and signing him as a center. That's ridiculous. Right. But yeah, but I wrote. I mean, I, I had article t- headlines that were like Philadelphia and stuff like that. Like I was completely. <laughs> I was compl- no because he was just he would make some of his, his his skill level was undeniable. Like he was. I mean, and and when he played with other skilled players with Briere and and, and Giroux, that was a hell of a line. That was a great right. line during, during that t- 2010 Stanley I'm Cup. Not really count Giroux. But, I'm going to count Briere as one of the great playoff performers in the last decade in the NHL. He's a point per game in the playoffs. Yes, Giroux is the help on that line, but the fact that he meshed with Briere—that's where his points came from. Okay. Oh yeah, no, no question about it. But it, Briere, it, it was a real—it was a real blending of things. Though it was a real convergence of some of the parts type thing. And honestly, I have that. to go to two hands to count the number of multi-million-dollar bad contracts yeah. that the Sabers have signed over the last decade. Matt Molson, Vili Leno, Christian Erhoff, Tyler Myers. Uh, Kyle Oposo, Jeff Skinner, keep going. Yeah. It didn't matter who the GM was. The common right. denominator here is the ownership of the team. They have to, they have to, you know, accept culpability and responsibility. They no that right. And the thing is, with the Sabers, they've gone to war with the media. That's the problem, Mac. Is that they've gone to, and the media is fighting back because when you give them a product that's so embarrassing that even when people can go back in the stands, nobody's buying the tickets. Well, there's no, there's no, there's no two ways about that. And and Sabers, um, you know, they've they've always had an interesting relationship with the media for sure. They have a, they have one of the most crazy followings on the planet um, among fans. They are they are they're so into the, the, the this fan base loves the Sabers. More than almost any team. I mean, I'll, there's interesting. Like I was talking, asked the other day, I was on a radio station, and they asked me what fan bases were the craziest. And I said that in in the U, I mean, obviously Toronto and Montreal and Canada and Edmonton, but um, but in, in the U.S., to me, there's two teams that are bar none the had the bar none the most insane fan bases, and they are the um, the Sabers and the Islanders. And those those two those yeah. two fan bases are just they are so. And these are teams that haven't had a lot of success in a while. Um, the Islanders are starting to see it, but those two fan bases are just passionate, beyond passionate. And I know that a lot of the a lot of the Buffalo media will disagree with me on on this point, and I know that you'll disagree with me on this point because we've disagreed on this point for ages. Yes. But the only thing that this team has done right over the last decade is tank for Jack Eichel or Connor McDavid. That was the only thing they did right. And they're even screwing that up because they can't put a team around Jack Eichel. They didn't really do that right because yeah. they lost the ping pong ball thing. So, you know, again, yeah, Jack, Jack Eichel is one of the top, one of the five. No, he's a great, he's a great pickup, but obviously he's not, he's still not Connor McDavid. Okay. Not so like, him. yeah, at the end of the day, you know, what ha- and that is the interesting question to ask, I guess, and the question that we'll oh, make. Yeah, all right. I mean, what if Jack? What if Connor McDavid was a saber? What would have happened? How, th- how would things have changed? I, you can't go there. I, what I will say is this: You're saying Jack Eichel is not Connor McDavid is like saying, "Hey, a Buffalo bagel is good, but I'd rather have a New York City bagel." No, like that's, that's really what you're saying, Russ. It's like it's it's like it's like the the choice that ex favorite Billy Joel had back in the '80s. He was dating El McPherson, and he was dating Chris, and then he dated Christy Brinkley. I'm how telling you, you, how can you miss? That's the proof that I'm telling you, like me, I married up to be a musician. You'll find beautiful women. It's crazy. I want to make two points. Uh, Kiefer Bellows is doing some of that filling in. I talked about the Islanders. He is scoring. So that's right yeah. now temporarily without, you know, Anders Lee, they're surviving. The other thing is there's rumors out there now that RNH, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is still talking about an extension in Edmonton. If that's true. And I think it's true. That's another guy you could take off the free agent market. I don't think he'll ever hit the market. No. Right. And and more than likely, Russ, since he's been there for seven years, he's not he's not going to, you know, he's not going to get 
Dreisaitl money. No. But he's making six now. He signed that extension out of his entry level. He'll probably get six and a half, seven million. He's really a good guy. Like, I don't see him veering off course too much salary wise. Yeah. And he, yeah. look, he's become a much better player. He's good defensively, he's better yeah. on faceoffs. He's become a good, well rounded player. He's never hit in the market. He can play center, he can play wing, he can yeah. play with talent. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. But until Edmonton gets themselves a goalie, they have a goalie, Mike. He hasn't played yet. Oh, he Please. When's he going to play? He's got to be soon. We're getting there. I don't think next week. I don't think. He, I think he has to still sit out this week. The savior, Alex Stalock. Somebody have a text a number for him so I can text him. I need to text Alex Stalock. I can get to him. Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, say it like that. No, I mean, no, I know. I know a good friends of his. Actually, okay. He's done with his two-week quarantine, so – I would think, I think he's coming. I think it's soon, right? I mean, I would think it would be soon. I think he'd be going to have to work out because he was going to have to work out. I don't know if he'll get in the game anywhere because there's no place to go in Canada. No, he'll, he'll take his spot on the taxi squad. Right? You know what teams need to yeah. do? Teams need to, there's a place near me um, that was used to be run by, um, gosh, I forget. It really, uh, one of the Flyers defensemen who he owned the place, he built it. Um, it's a mini, it's a mini um, arena. Have you seen these mini arenas? They're like one. Wow third the size of a normal NHL arena. So it's like a place you can practice with, a, with youth hockey teams and skate around, stuff like that. It's, it, it's full ice and everything. I mean, it's ice, but it's not full. Um, I played games there, three-on-three three tournaments. They're a blast to play like as, as a goalie because there's all kinds of action because the puck's always not far from you because um, you can score from either end. But um, but and it's, it's kind of – What was that? Somebody's phone is vibrating like really heavy. It's not oh, me. It's Shoot. Sorry, it's right under my microphone. Sorry about that. Okay, while while you're right, in, but here's the thing. Here's what here is what you um here's the deal. Okay, so why what teams need to do is that place also has like a an apartment on it. Teams need to rent the teams need to find these places in local cities when a guy is quarantining, and say okay, you're going to quarantine there, but you can you also skate there. You can also practice there. You can get you can keep yourself in shape because this whole concept of like you got to be in your home for four, you got to be in a, in a hotel for fourteen days. It's ridiculous. You can't tell me there's not these kind of places in Buff in Edmonton. Right, listen, you can rent it out and nobody's in there, but you and maybe a trainer. You right. can really afford to rent that out for two weeks and say, "Okay, this is your place. Well, You're going to live here. We're going to put. We're going to put. You know, a cot upstairs, cable TV. That's it. You're done." I got a better idea. How about how about reducing the uh, quarantine to seven days? Um, Mike Doyle here. Uh, Felino would be the perfect third line center. The Pens need. Uh, there's only one problem. Nick Felino is not a center. Right, he's a right. wing. He, right, he has played center in a in a pinch for Columbus a few years ago, but he's not a center, so no, that would not work. Yeah, yeah. All right. I want to ask if I'm going to MSG games. Not right now because I still, until I'm fully vaccinated, won't go to New York. It's just the way it is. Uh, Savage asked if the uh, in the in the chat room have the Hall of Blues rumors persisted. Yeah, they're still there for sure. Um, I'm going to work on that. Um, okay. uh, that should be part of my rumor chart, which should launch later today. Um, I think Hart is playing tonight for the Flyers. Um, all right. That's I all time the decision. I can't. Gary Galley, wherever you are, I'm sorry. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you if, we, if we're still here tomorrow.